I know my voice sounds awful. I feel fine. Um, I'm tempted to say, no, I, I'm sick and I'm really feeling bad. You'd believe me. And then I'd have an excuse, you know, if my message is bad. Like, well, he's sick. It's okay. And if it was good, like, man, I can't believe you did a good job through his, through his sickness. No excuse. Um, I feel fine. I have a rough voice, so if you'll uh, suffer through that um, with me tonight. Um, we'll be in Matthew chapter number 6. I've entitled the message tonight, They Have Their Reward. And uh, we'll see what that's all about here in a minute. Matthew 6, beginning in verse number 1, says, Take heed that ye do not um, your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask. Before you ask him, skip down to verse number 16. It says, Moreover, when ye fast, uh, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Um, have you ever wanted to know what your biggest problem is? Well, I'm going to tell you what your biggest problem is tonight. And you might be thinking, how in the world is this young kid? Uh, yes, I'm young, 33 years young. Uh, how in the world is this guy going to tell me what my biggest problem is? Well, because your biggest problem is the same as my biggest problem. Are you ready? Our biggest problem in life is ourselves. It's ourselves. Think about it. Um, the, the number one reason most often that we are in, that we get into financial trouble is because we can't say no to ourselves. Can't say no to our selfish desires or, or what we want. Um, uh, we get in the way of, of making a budget and living by a budget. Um, when it comes to um, weight loss, we're our biggest uh, problem. We're the only one who gets in the way of ourselves um, getting on an exercise regimen and, and getting up early and, and making the time in the day to, to exercise or what we eat. Um, and the same is true spiritually. That, uh, you know, we're the only one who is keeping ourselves from having a better relationship with God. Um, we're so good at taking what God has given us, um, meant it for good, a, a blessing in our life, 
we take that and we can twist it and we can turn it so it's to our benefit or so that, so that, um, so that we look good from that or, or so that we bring glory to ourselves through the blessings that oftentimes God has given us. Why is that? Because our flesh is so prone to self-serving agendas. Uh, the Lord is constantly at work reminding us, hey, it's not about you, but it's about me. Uh, and and um, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, at the, that this passage is part of, you know, Christ is, is continually teaching his disciples that it's not about them, but it's about him. Um, he he um, is, is teaching that, it's, that we need to be internally focused. And by, by that I mean uh, that Christ does teach on doing specific things, as we'll see tonight. But his focus throughout this, uh, throughout this sermon, his focus isn't on people doing the right things, but on having the right attitude and the right motives for that. Um, for instance, at the, you know, in the very previous passage, uh, Jesus talks about um, going the extra mile. And if you're uh, required to give your cloak, give your coat also. And, and, if, and if you're compelled to carry a man's things one mile, he says carry it two miles. And it's not about doing those things, but it's about having an attitude of availability and an attitude and a motive to do things for others, an attitude of cooperation and willingness. And so the point is, is going to continue tonight through this passage uh, that Christ isn't as concerned about our outward actions as much as he is our inward, the inward condition of our heart. It's not to say that out, outward actions don't matter, because they do. As long as, our, as long as we are right on the inside, then our outward actions will match. You know, we've, uh, it's crazy to, to talk to, to counsel somebody who has um, been in sin, they, they haven't been in church, so they're not doing what's right, and, um, and you, you uh, confront them about that, and they say, hey, God knows my heart. It's, it, that's not what's important. You know, the Bible says that, that what's on the inside matters, and God knows my heart. Well, what you do on the outside is lived out by what's on your heart. So it's very clear to see. And so... Um, um, that's why it's far more important to worry about um, the inside, the, the inward condition of the heart, and why we do um, what we do. And that's our biggest problem because um, our flesh is driven to be seen. Our flesh is driven to be applauded, to be thanked for at the very least. Um, our flesh doesn't like to be criticized or, or looked down upon. Uh, and that might not be a burden for you. But for the rest of us, uh, myself included, it's a real burden, a real struggle when we are expected to do what's right and, uh, or at least feel like we're expected to do what's right and to do certain things and to live up to certain standards um, when that not ought to be our focus on what other people see, what other people, um, ha what expectations they have, but what God has for us. It's sad when we care more about an external uh, spiritual image than about our internal spiritual health. And chapter 6 of Matthew um, is in direct correlation to the previous chapter 
um, in chapter 5, especially in verse number 48, where, where Christ says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And so what, what Christ is saying here, he's saying, Strive to be more like God. Strive to be in the image of God. Strive to be conformed to his image. And then in verse number 1, he gives us a warning. He says, Take heed. What's his warning right here? Look at verse number 1. He says, take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. What Christ says here, he says, hey, um, grow in the Lord. Be conformed into the image of God the Father in verse number 48 of chapter 5. But be careful, take heed, verse number 1 of chapter 6, take heed, that you're not doing these things just to be seen of men, but to grow into the image of God. It's important that we understand, before we get any farther, verse number one, to be kind of an introductory statement for the next couple of passages uh, right here. He says, be careful, take heed that you do not your alms before men. Alms here can be applied um, differently than it actually is applied in verse number two. Most generally, um, when, when we read the, the word alms in scripture, it's talking of acts of mercy, um, giving, offerings. But in verse number one, the, uh, um, the applied interpretation is righteousness or acts of righteousness. And so, uh, what he's saying here in verse number one, take heed that you do not your righteousness, your general acts of Christian living, to be seen of men. I would, I would reword, you know, reword it this way in the, uh, in the SPV. Uh, be careful, right here, be careful that you don't do acts of righteousness for the praise of men. Be careful that you don't do acts of righteousness for the praise of men. And that's what Jesus' application is going to be here for us tonight. Um, um, as, as we go through life, living for God in an attempt to conform into his image, be careful that you don't take part in the spiritual disciplines of life just to impress others, just to, ga just to gain the praise of men. He's going to warn us of a desire to do what's right, uh, uh, to please God rather than the praise of man. So here's the question I have for you tonight for you to answer, ask yourself. Is my desire to be praised greater than my desire to please? Is my desire to praise greater than my desire to please? Because the answer to that question is going to be your motive as we get through these different things. My first point tonight is seeking to be praised is a prideful pursuit. Kind of the, uh, the, 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 the problems of seeking to be praised. Number one, it's a prideful pursuit. Jesus gives us three illustrations of acts of righteousness to help us understand his point. Uh, these clearly are not the only three spiritual disciplines that we should engage in, but uh, Jesus felt that these three illustrations would suffice to prove his point. Um, and these three disciplines, as we read, are giving, praying, 
and fasting. The issue tonight is not whether we should give, pray, or fast. Um, we know, it's taught throughout Scripture, and it's taught right here, that we ought to give, pray, and fast. You've heard it, you've heard it preached, and you've heard this passage uh, presented before. Jesus said, when you do your alms, when ye pray, when thou fast. So it's already expected that every Christian would already be participating in these spiritual disciplines. Uh, the issue isn't here, should we do them? But the issue is behind our sermon tonight is motive. Because without the proper motive, these acts, along with all the other acts of righteousness that we uh, perform on a daily basis, that ought to be part of a Christian's life, will not please God without the proper motive. Those that perform these acts of righteousness to be seen of men or to be praised or to gain a reputation as a good, solid Christian are only um, doing so to feed their pride. Only giving because others are watching. Only praying when others can see. Only fasting to impress fellow believers. It's done out of pride and it's done with the wrong motives. Jesus gives some examples of wrong motives here. You might say, what's a wrong motive um, for doing these things? Uh, the first motive is to be noticed and applauded. Look at verse number 2. It says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. See, these people in whom Jesus is describing right here gave so that people would notice and that they could be applauded. Jesus described them as sounding a trumpet. Now, did they literally sound a trumpet? You know, kind of toot their own horn? Doo, 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 doo. I'm giving. I'm not sure that they actually had a physical trumpet, but, but, but use your imagination tonight in, the, in that this is how Jesus um, described them, as making a show, as, as, as caught bringing attention unto themselves as they gave their offerings, as they gave their alms. Um, in my mind, I, I kind of picture it as, um, as they're in a synagogue, and, and uh, as Jesus described them here in the synagogue, and, and uh, it's the day to, to bring their offerings, and, uh, and a certain gentleman stopped by the bank on his way to the synagogue that day to get his offering out. That I got to give my alms, I got to give my offering, so I'm going to go withdraw my offering. And instead of withdrawing a nice crisp $100 bill and dropping that into the bucket, into the treasury, or, or writing a nice quiet check, he went to the bank and he got his offering out in change. He got his offering out in pennies because that would be the biggest bag and, 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 and have the biggest show. And he sat back and waited as everybody else went through the line and and, and dumped their change into the treasury up here. And um, he got to the very end and waited for everybody to sit down. And everybody's quiet. And he unzipped his bag and pours a little bit of change in there. And then pours a little bit more. And it causes a ruckus. And people are looking up, looking around. And he's just pulling slowly. It's going and going and going. And people are, are looking at him like, wow, look at how much money he's pouring in. Not aware that he's just putting in pennies um, or whatever. But, they're ma but he's making a show. He's building it up that, hey, look at what I'm doing. Look at, look at how much money 
I am giving so that other people would see, would notice him, and would applaud his giving. Uh, Jesus said, hey, they, he wasn't doing it. They're not giving to be obedient, but to be noticed, to be applauded. And they may have the glory of men. They, they give not as an act of worship for what God has given for them, but for the glory of men. They are filled with pride, just giving to be noticed, giving to be applauded. And that's a, that's a, a negative motive for doing things, for doing acts of righteousness, for giving or, or for serving or, or whatever else it might be, only to be noticed, only to be applauded. Jesus gives us another motive in verse number five, and that is to be seen and heard. Verse number five says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verse number seven, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So just as with giving that they did to be noticed and applauded, they were praying to be seen and heard. And just as, um, just as these that Christ described for us, we need to be careful that our worship does not become a scene for spectators, but that our worship is focused on God. You see what Jesus is describing right here? These, these men have taken a personal act of worship of God through, in, in prayer and have perverted it to gain attention from people. He said that they stand in the synagogues. They stand on the corner of the streets so that just for the expressed purpose so that they can be seen, so that they can be heard, so that other people can, can see, hey, I'm praying. So that other people can hear their elaborate prayers of vain repetition and can be impressed by how spiritual they are and how great of a prayer they are praying to God. They weren't praying to commune with God or to worship Him, but to be seen. Their audience shifted from an audience of one God to an audience of many men and women around them. And verse number 5 says that they, that they loved it. They loved it. It says they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets. And, we make, and when we make that shift from worshiping, um, uh, from worshiping God to a performance that can be seen or, or that can be heard, our flesh loves it. Our flesh enjoys that. We, we enjoy when people say, hey, good job. We enjoy to hear the applause and the people to shake our hands and say, hey, I really enjoyed that. Great job today. That's something that we enjoy. And so we have to be very careful that as we worship God, whether that's through prayer, whether that's through song, whether that's through um, uh, teaching or preaching or serving in another ministry, we have to be very careful that, that we're not doing it to be seen. We're not doing it so that other people can hear and, and, and can um, bless us and can thank us and can um, applaud us. 
but that we have the right motive and that we are simply serving to serve. That we're simply doing it to worship God for the right motive. That's why we get offended when we aren't thanked or recognized. When we go home upset because nobody shook our hand or or nobody told us good job. Or the ministry leader didn't even notice that we came early. That we were the first one to show up for our ministry. And we were the last one to leave. He didn't even say thank you. We get into that, into that rut because we're doing it just to be seen. Just to be heard. Doing it for the wrong reason. Because it's become all about us. And, it, and it's shifted from us, uh, worship to God. So... Jesus gives us the example of that they gave to be noticed and applauded. They prayed to be heard and seen. And then they fasted only to be praised and admired. Verse, look at verse number 16. It says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Look at this. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Notice it doesn't say that they fasted. It says that they disfigured their faces to appear unto men to fast. It's just more of the same, only this time with fasting. They wanted people to think that they were fasting. They wanted people to be impressed by by what their spiritual discipline was. They wanted to be praised. They wanted people to admire them for their true dedication to God. They wanted to see how they wanted people to see how in tune they were with God. And so they made themselves look and, and seem much weaker than they actually were. You might say, how who in the world would would do that? That's that's just despicable. Well it's it's really not a whole lot different than uh, than us putting on a facade so that others will ask how we're doing. And so giving us the opportunity to, to uh, brag about how busy we were at church today or, or how many ministries we were involved in or, um, or, 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 how much, or how good or how much we had to do today. But guess what? I still made it to church. Um, or so that we can inform them of the, of the persecution that we've endured in the workplace, uh, it goes back to our motivation. Why do we do what we do? Is it to be noticed? Is it to be admired? Is it to be praised? Is it to be seen? Is it to be heard? Or is it because it is what God has called us to do? If our motivations are right, then if, if our motivations are not right, then it doesn't matter how many good things we do, we're not going to please God. If our motivations are only to be seen and heard, it doesn't matter if you're involved in 15 different ministries of Fellowship Baptist Church. It doesn't matter if you never get to sit in the auditorium because you're constantly involved in, in a different program. If your motivation, if your goal is just to do it, just so you can be seen, and so other people will, will know that you're busy and, and know that you're um, active in the church, then you're not pleasing God. Seeking to be praised is a prideful 
pursuit. But it's also a hypocritical pursuit. It's a hypocritical pursuit. Seeking to be praised. Or it's clear that Jesus called uh, these that sought to be praised hypocrites. We need to be clear here what a hypocrite is and what it is not. Understand me tonight. A hypocrite is not a Christian that sins. That's called a person. A hypocrite is not someone that goes to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and then fails to live up to God's standard in some certain area of their life. We all sin. We all fail to live up to God's standard in different ways. I was was talking to a young man several years ago who who, um, um, was no longer coming to church, and and he, he um, used these exact words, said, they're all hypocrites. He said, I, the last Wednesday night that I was there, um, uh, people were walking in, and, and, and didn't even look like they wanted to be there. They were disinterested, and, and, and their countenance was just sad, and, um, and, and, and uh, they, they, were, they looked like they didn't even want to be there. And I, and I told them, I said, they're people. They had a long day at work. They were just coming in from work and, 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 and um, still trying to wrap their head around what had gone on that day and trying to focus in um, on the preaching and, and, and being here. It doesn't mean they're hypocrites. Um, that's not, that's not what, what it is. Um, uh, a hypocrite in, in these days um, was an actor who wore a mask for a performance. That's what the word hypocrite meant. Um, the word used for hypocrite meant an actor under an assumed character. And so that, per- that so perfectly describes someone who Jesus was talking about right here, doesn't it? Someone who's acting like another character. Uh, somebody who is doing something just to be seen, just to be heard, but they weren't really meaning it, so to speak. Uh, this kind of righteousness that's only to be seen and only to be praised is nothing more to God than character acting. They were only putting on a mask of righteousness as they're on the platform, as they were performing in front of others. And as soon as the crowds were gone, they take off the mask. And that's not who they are at all. They return to who they really are. So they say, how can I avoid this hypocrisy in my life? Well, Jesus tells us in verses 3 and 4. He says, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy alms may be in secret. Verse number 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verses 17 and 18. Be thou... Or but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head with, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret. See, see the common thread, right here. What the hypocrites do, out in the open for praise, Jesus said, those are the things that you need to do in secret. Uh, hang with me right here. He's not saying to do these things secretly, exclusively. He's not, it's not possible to do many of these things or all in secret all of the time. You don't give in secret. 
because somebody is the recipient of your giving. Um, we don't, uh, we're not called to only pray exclusively in secret. The Bible teaches us to do, to do exactly what we did here tonight. Share um, uh, prayer requests and bear one another's burdens through corporate prayer. That's something that's taught in Scripture. Um, and so we're not always going to, every single time, pray in our closet in secret. And fasting, while potentially the most secret of the spiritual disciplines, cannot be done exclusively in secret, especially to those who are closest to you. If you're, if you're married, then if you're going to decide to go on a week-long week fast, then it would probably be wise to tell your spouse. Or else she's going to cook you dinner, you're not going to eat it, and then let us know how that works out for you. You know? So even, even fasting, even the most personable or most private of these spiritual disciplines, still, uh, and those that are closest to us are going to notice if you're fasting, they're going to notice a uh, 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 change in behavior and change in health and things like that. So uh, that can't be what Jesus meant right here. Remember that the principle that Jesus is teaching us, as laid out in verse number one, involves all manner of Christian living. These three disciplines only serve as example. So what is Jesus' point here in talking about secrecy? Well, I believe his point here is to do your alms, your righteous living, those spiritual disciplines, even when no one is around to see. It appears to me that the hypocrites would simply wear a mask of spiritual discipline, then take it off when nobody is watching. And they weren't following through with those spiritual disciplines if nobody is there. They were giving only to be seen. They were praying only to be heard. They were fasting or making it appear to be fasting, only to be admired. And, and, and for us, we don't want to fall into the habit of only living for God when other Christians are around to see when there's only someone there to help keep us accountable. Say, oh, well, I'll read the Bible to the kids, but not by myself. I'll pray with the family, but I'm not going to pray by myself. I'll go to, the, I'll go to prayer, to go to pray at the altar, but I don't have time to pray at home. I'll only give if I can write it off on my taxes. You know, Jesus isn't saying for us not to do these things publicly. But if that's the only time that we do these things, then we're hypocrites. If the only time that we're willing to serve is, so, is when others can see, or so that we can be applauded, then that's the hypocrisy that Christ is talking about. Here, I think the second application, real quick, is to do what you can to avoid drawing attention to yourself. Jesus said in verse 17, Wash your face so that it's not obvious to others that you're fasting. And the application here is not to draw attention to yourself because of what you've done for God. Not to make it known and to announce, I was in this, I'm in this ministry, and I was doing in this ministry, and I'm in this ministry, and I did this for God, and I gave this amount to missions, and I give this amount to the building fund. No, not to make it, not, not to spread it out that 
to make it known how good you are. But just do those things on your own. You might say, well, doesn't the Bible say to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works? Say, yeah, but don't lose focus on the last half of that verse where it says that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. He wasn't saying, hey, let your light so shine so that others can glorify you. He's saying let your light so shine so that God can get the glory. And if we are getting the glory in doing these spiritual disciplines, then our motive is wrong. We're doing something wrong. They say, well, didn't Jesus get a lot of the glory in, in, in his earthly ministry? He did. He got a lot of people who, were, who crowds were gathering and they only wanted to see him perform miracles. And every single time that happened, he ran from the crowd. He got in the boat and he went to the other side with his disciples or, 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 or whisked away into a mountain to pray by himself because his ministry began to, to get about what he was doing and instead of, of who the Father was. And he always made sure, whittle those, whittle those multitudes down whenever, whenever they were in it for the wrong reason. Seeking praise is a prideful pursuit. Seeking praise is a hypo, um, hypocritical pursuit. And then real quick, it's an empty pursuit. Verse number two, verse number five, verse number 16, all says the same thing. They have their reward. Say, what's their reward? Their reward is exactly what they're seeking. It's to be seen, to be heard, the praise of men. It's to be applauded. It's to be admired. They got exactly what they wanted. They wanted others to look on them and say, wow, what talent. Wow, what devotion. And you see everything that that they do. What spirituality out of that guy. But notice the reward that they didn't get in verse number one. Jesus said, otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. They got the reward that they wanted, but they missed out on a heavenly reward, a reward from the Father. They got what they wanted, praise. And guess what? The pursuit of praise leaves us empty. It leaves us wanting more. So we have to do something bigger and something better to get more praise the next time, and then the next time, and then the next time. But when we desire to please God, rather than praise men, rather than receive the praise of men, God said that he'll reward us. Verses 4, 6, and 18, once again he said the same thing. Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So the question tonight is, What is more important to you? Is it the praise and the recognition of man that leaves you with the praise and recognition of man? Or is it the spiritual rewards of your heavenly Father who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think? Lord, help us care more about pleasing you than the praise of others.